Good morning, family. So good to see all the parents dedicating their children to the Lord today. That's one of the best things you can ever do is to uh, present your children before the Lord. As a parent with two teenagers, I know how it's like when they become teenagers. You say, Lord, those prayers from child dedication, those prophetic words from child dedication, can they happen now, Lord? So um, at the end of the service, all the kids who've been dedicated, there will be prophetic ministry for them at this side of the auditorium. So we look forward to those prophetic words. Family, um, you've had us pray and speak about um, this coronavirus. I want to remind you what the Bible says. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. So we will not be fearful. We will be wise. We'll take caution when needed, but we will not be fearful. Amen. We will rise with faith and not with fear because we know that our God is a sovereign God. This is what I've been saying to people. If he wants me gone tomorrow, that's okay. I'm going to be with him anyway. Okay, that's, uh, for some people, that's too much of high grade. So, Bible says, perfect love casts out all fear. So, let us remember the love that God has for us. It will cast out the fear that is going around our world today. We're going back to the series, Amazing Grace. We're going to spend two weeks uh, just talking about faith and finances uh, before we start our Gender-Based Violence Seminar Series, we'll be talking about a very important topic. Praise God, it's a girl. I can't wait for that sermon series. It's going to be fireworks. So um, as we look at finances, I want to say not always we get the opportunity to say to you, you can ask any question that you want to ask pertaining to the finances of the church today. So use the opportunity. This is the number you can text or you can WhatsApp. Uh, any questions based on what I'm sharing about today or about the finance of the church. Next week, we will continue to answer your questions if we don't get to all of them today. And why we're doing this is to say in this church, we believe in complete transparency. When we do our AGM, our praise report Sunday around May, we go into the details of how we spend the finances of the church. So you can also ask us questions. So um, enjoy this moment where you can be able to ask us tough questions. Um, today, I'll be looking at the grace of giving, which is generosity. The reason we call it the grace of giving, you will see it in the text that we're going to read just now, that helps us to understand that we've all been given grace to give. We don't just give out of our own will, which is great, but God has given us that very grace to be able to give. Let me start the sermon by saying this. God is not after your money. He is after your heart. God does not need your money. He doesn't need my money. He is after our hearts. Remember when you read Matthew 6, verse 20 to 21, it says that where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. So do not store up your treasures on earth when moth and rust destroy, where thieves come in to steal, but store up your treasures in heaven. And I ask myself, what does the Bible say, store up your treasures in heaven? Because we're not going to need money in heaven anyway. Thank God we're going to leave the credit cards behind. Thank you, Jesus. When we get to heaven, we're going to have all that we need. So this is to say to us, 
The treasure that he's speaking about here, it's not money, but the treasure is speaking about here is the only thing we get to take with us to heaven. It's relationships. Our relationship with God and our relationship with one another. That is the only two things we get to take with us to heaven. It's souls. It's people. So the question is, what is the disposition of your heart? Where are you investing your time, talents, and treasure? Where are you investing it? Are you investing it in the things of this world that are not lasting or in the things that are going to last post this world? So how are you investing in relationships? How are you investing in your relationship with the Lord? How are you using your time and talent and treasures for the kingdom? So background to the text that we're going to be looking at which is in uh, 2 Corinthians 8, verse 1 to 9. It is uh, Apostle Paul moves from one town to another, and uh, he speaks about collection. So collection is, uh, if you know, in those days, they will collect money and they will send it to Jerusalem to help the church in Jerusalem. There were three main reasons why they would help the church in Jerusalem. It was because that's where the apostolic leaders, the teachers were. They talk about the Jerusalem council to support them. And then also the believers in Jerusalem were financially challenged because they had two taxes to pay. They had the Jewish tax and the Roman tax. So we have nothing to complain about. We only have SARS to worry about. They had two taxes to pay. The other reason why they were supporting the believers in Jerusalem is uh, because of hospitality. The believers in Jerusalem were constantly receiving other believers to come and spend time in the Holy Land. So as we read this text, Apostle Paul uses this phrase, the act of grace. That when we go around to collect finances and we give to the believers in Jerusalem, this is an act of grace that God has given us, that we can be a blessing. So let me say this to you. We are not forced to give. We are graced to give. We are not forced to give. We've been given grace to give. And when we read the scripture, you'll understand why Apostle Paul is saying, our giving is an act of grace. So let's read 2 Corinthians 8. Encouragement to give generously. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means. Of their own accord, no one forced them, begging us earnestly, for favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this, not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord, prioritizing God first, and then by the will of God to us. They're investing in God and to others. We continue to read. Accordingly, we urge Titus that as he had started, so he should complete among you this act of grace by but as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also. I say this not as a command, but to prove by the earnestness of others that your love also is genuine. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, 
yet for your sake he became poor so that you by his poverty might become rich. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. So when we read this uh, scripture, I am so challenged by the faith of the Macedonian church. I am challenged by how the Bible starts by saying, out of their severe trial, it seems like they were going through an economic recession like we are going through right now. Out of their severe trial, out of their extreme poverty, their abundance of joy welled up. It overflowed in rich generosity. I'm really challenged by that because they did not allow their poverty or poverty mindset to keep them down. They said, we're going to give our way out of this poverty. We're going to break the backbone of poverty through our giving. I am really challenged by the story from the Macedonian church. So if you were to ask me, Pastor Sai, how do we break the poverty mindset in South Africa? It is when we stop thinking of our own pockets only, but thinking of others. Then we can give our way out of poverty. It is when we start thinking, what has caused so much corruption in our countries? Because people are just thinking of themselves. Me, myself, and I, my pocket, my family, what about others? If only our leaders knew that leadership is about saving people, not saving yourself. So my challenge for all of us is let us give our way out of our poverty. Let us give our way out of this poverty mindset. So the Macedonian churches, we learned three things from them. They were graced to give, they gave sacrificially, and they were stewarding their finances in such a way that they can give. They could have just used an excuse and said, look, we have so many trials, we are challenged in so many areas, why should we still give? But they stewarded their finances so that they can give. So grace to give. I cannot see how they would have been able to give if it wasn't for the grace that was on them. Remember how when we started this amazing Grace Sermon series a few weeks ago, we said grace is the unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor and kindness of God. So it is God who gives everything that we have comes from him. So when we give, we are saying, thank you, Lord, for all that you've given us. We get to give back to you. It is an act of worship. We are blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. I like verse 9. It says, for, the, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that by his poverty you and I might become rich. So to explain this verse of the grace that Jesus has shown us, Jesus left the streets of gold in heaven to become poor. He came down for our sake, so that we may be rich. So the best way to explain the scripture is, as my wife would like to say, empathy is not when you see someone in the hole and you say, God bless you, we'll pray for you, things will be fine. You know how we do that, right? Empathy is getting into the hole with them and helping them to come out. So Jesus modeled that to us. Jesus, what did he do? He came from heaven. He came down and he took our poverty and he gave us his wealth. So as children of God, 
We are wealthy. We're just not aware of the wealth that we carry. We are wealthy. We are rich. I like 2 Corinthians 9.10. It says, God supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. There's a, an important distinction there. God gives you bread so that you can enjoy your life. So it doesn't mean that you should not enjoy life. But don't confuse bread and seed. Because some of us, we end up eating our seed. Do not eat your seed. God gives you financial blessings, and out of those financial blessings, some of it is bread for food to enjoy. Praise God. But some of it is your seed. Let me explain it to you this way. It is in times of economic recession that the first thing to go is your tithe. The first thing to go is your giving. We forget that that's actually our seed. How will we be able to reap if we eat our seed? So my encouragement, my exhortation to you is do not eat your seed. Amen. And as one who grew up in a poor family, I know how it's like to give your way out of poverty. I know how it's like where you can actually end up hoarding things now that you have, forgetting that actually it is not in hoarding that you're blessed. It is in giving that you're blessed. Bible says, blessed is the hand that gives not the one that receives. So let me challenge you, every nation and God's people, may we be a generous people because we are graced to give. I'm also challenged by how these guys gave sacrificially. The Bible says in verse 3, for they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means, out of their own accord. So, I get challenged by scriptures like this. It's like these guys are hard-pressed, but they still give beyond their means. They want to be a blessing to other believers. Clearly, they were a generous church. You remember Luke 6, verse 38. The Bible says, give, and it will be given back to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be given into your bosom. So the best way to describe this scripture, it says give and it will be given back to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together. I think of two things there is, a, you know, your laundry basket when it's full and you, you like, you just like, I don't have time to do my laundry. You press <laughs> it down, right? You make room for more, right? To be able to add more, okay? And then you go to watch a movie. And then you buy your popcorns, you wish they can shake them together so they can put more to make room for more, right? So keep those pictures in mind. When we give, we are making room for more. When we give, we're saying, Lord, we're going to keep our hands like this because we're making room for more. We are making room for more for what you want to bless us with. I'm grateful that I get the opportunity to give. The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. When you give, there's a joy that comes. I don't know how to explain it. You're making room for more. You're pressing down. You're shaking. So you look at your budget and you say, what can I, what can I give away? What can I take down so that I can be able to give? What can I take away so I can be able to give? That's sacrificial giving. Press down, shaking together to make room for more. As the Every Nation Church, we 
are a generous church. And I want to give you some examples of how we are generous. But before I do that, I like to say this scripture I just read for you, uh, Luke 6.38, it answers the question that always comes. Do you give your tithe from your net or from your gross? Haven't you had that question before? We're going to unpack tithing next week, so don't miss that. But this scripture is simply saying, with the measure that you use, it will be used towards you. So if you give from the net, God will give you back from your net. Right? That's math. If you give from your gross, God will also give you back on your gross. With the measure that you use, it will be used out to you. But also another scripture that helps us with that is uh, the Bible says, with your income, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Give of your tax and give to the Lord what belongs to the Lord. So why do we now want to rob God and say, well, SARS, I can't. I'll be in trouble. But with God, he understands. Yes, God is a gracious God. One of the questions we had in the first service was, if I'm currently financially strained and I'm not able to give my tithe, what should I do? And we say, you can start with 1%, 2%, and grow to a place where you can give 10%. Now, we don't just preach what we don't do. As this church, Every Nation Rosebank, we give 25% of all our income every month, 25%. When we do our AGM, normally we give you all the numbers and everything. I want to just explain to you, we give over and above the 10%. So 10% goes to citywide. We support our campuses. The other 10% goes to national and international. We believe that as Africa, we can be a blessing. We, when I say international, we give beyond Africa our 10%. And then we have 5%, which is broken down into two. 3.5 for social responsibility and the one, other 1.5, we support our missionaries. We give them a base, and then they raise some more. I'll talk a little bit about it later. I'm saying this to say, as a church, we practice what we preach. We are a generous church. Questions if you want to send them. And finally, the Macedonian church, they were stewarding their finances so that they can be able to give. Look at this verse, 6 and 7. Accordingly, we urge Titus that as he had started, so he should complete among you this act of grace. But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, in your, our love for you, see that you also excel in this act of grace also. Again, they repeat this, act of grace. Make sure that you excel in this act of grace. I see that you are excelling in your speech, in your faith, in your knowledge, but see that you excel in this act of grace. That word excel, it means over and above, not just doing the 10%. You want to excel. You want to do more. I like the fact that um, these guys, they were not going to be able to give if they were not stewarding their finances well. We will not be able to excel in the grace of giving if we don't steward the resources that are entrusted to us well. The Bible says if you are faithful with a little, you'll be entrusted with more. So God wants to see us being faithful with little, then we'll be entrusted with more. One of the scriptures I like in the topic of finances, in Proverbs, it also speaks generally that as you teach your children while they are young, when they grow up, they will remember. So we do our best to teach our children 
this very important subject of stewarding your finances well so you can be able to be generous. So we learned this phrase from Andy Stanley. We've taught it at this church before. Give, save, and live on the rest. So if you look at my daughter, Rory, she was about uh, five, six at this time. And uh, we started teaching them to give, save, and live off the rest. And uh, as you can see, that parents had something to do with the sizes of those uh, containers. <laughs> you know, like the saving must be more, the giving must be more, the spending must be little. And uh, over the years, we've now moved to bank accounts. They each have a bank account, and they're putting money in their bank accounts because this wasn't that reliable, you know. They used to help themselves to tuck. We never discussed tuck, you know, tuck money, but they were sorted out. So we went electronically, and now they have bank accounts. And uh, we teach them, okay, whenever you have money, we put their pocket money there as well. You give your tithe, you, you, you save, and then you have the rest, right? And when you save, you can do so much more with your savings. So recently, uh, the tooth fairy visited Rory. She lost one of her tooth. We're still trying to move away from this tooth fairy thing. It's very difficult. And the tooth fairy did not have change this time. So she got 100 bucks. She got lots of money. She got 100 bucks. And uh, we tried to explain to her, it was my wife's idea, that, you know, girl, actually the tooth fairy was going to Santon. <laughs> and she got lost, you know, came to our house. Normally they know they get 10 rands. Oh, 20 rands, you know. <laughs> the tooth fairy got their dress wrong this time around, you know. So what blew me away, you know, it's something becomes culture when the kids live it. She said, take the 100 rands and put it in my bank account. And then she said, but I want to see that it's reflecting on my bank account. <laughs> you must show me the statement that it's showing. I must say, so the saving, we're getting it right. I had to remind her that you still have to tithe. Teach them while they're still young. I'm closing with this um, before I share about practicalities of giving. Yes, we are tied financially, but may I remind you that God has got us. In Egypt, when the Israelites were leaving there, God came through for them. The Bible teaches us that he looked after them in the land of Goshen during the time of famine. Look at this. Don't have much time to go into detail. Now there was no food in all of the land, for the famine was very severe, so that the land of Egypt and the land of Canaan languished by reason of famine. Sounds like recession. Exodus 22 says, But on that day I will set apart the land of Goshen, where my people dwell, so that no swarms of flies shall be there, that you may know that I am the Lord in the midst of all the earth. I like reading it uh, in the NLT. It says that, but on the day I will deal differently with my people. In the Berean Study Bible, it says, on the day I will give special treatment to the land of Goshen. So this is to say that even in the midst of challenges financially, God will look after his people. May I remind you that the Bible says, I was young and I'm old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their children begging bread. God will look after us. May I also remind you, Psalm 65, verse 11, the Bible says, He crowns the year with plenty, with bounty, and His carts overflow with abundance. God will look after us. 
So your takeaway for this sermon should be God has got us. God has got us. God will look after us. So let's talk about the practicalities of giving. From verse 5, it says, They gave themselves first to the Lord and by the will of God to us, giving to God and giving to others. So in this church, we see giving of your time, talents, and treasure, not just finances. We give tithes and offerings. We give to the needy, and we give to missionaries. Let me comment on giving to the needy. We have a number of projects that we support, and we're working towards what we call an Every Nation Foundation, where we can continue to be a blessing to all those who are in need in our society. And also giving to missionaries, I'm going to mention a few of our foot soldiers, our missionaries who serve, whether it's the schools just outside, not only at the church, but they serve at schools, they serve other nations. So we want to be a blessing to them. There is a ministry of partnerships. Some of you may know about it. Some of you may not. If you have already been supporting our missionaries over and above your tithes and offerings by supporting the missionaries, we want to say thank you for supporting them. We want to say thank you for supporting our missionaries. These are our missionaries. So these guys, not only do they serve the kids on Sundays or Friday afternoons, but during the week they go to schools and they share the gospel with people in our schools. So top there is Pa, Saki, and Tabitha, and then Nino. We're going to give you cards at the end of the service. If you can press down, make room for more, your 100 rents can make a difference. 200 rents can make a difference. Whatever amount that you can, over and above your tithes and your giving, you can give towards our, our missionaries. I will continue our missionaries outside of Joburg who are going out and doing missions outside of Joburg. Posh, who is uh, in Thai, Thailand. Thailand. I'm going to share a testimony just now of what she's doing there. Tiam and Natasha currently in this church but doing a lot of missions work. Jonathan and Joanne, they are moving to Denver in the USA to become missionaries there and be part of a church plant. We can celebrate that. Amen. If you want to speak to Jonathan after the service, you can come and speak to him on how you can partner with him. Africa is becoming a blessing to America. We are breaking the backbone of poverty. Amen. That's what we're doing. Carol Mkise leads our vets congregation. Luella, UJ, and Neri also still at Vets. Pila, UJ, Soweto, Mary Jane, and uh, Eleluani, they serve on our campuses. So these are university campus missionaries. They are reaching the next generation of leaders on our campuses. We also have um, Pepile, we have Neo, we have Cornelius, and we have Busi serving at UJ, uh, Soweto. Neo is still at Vets. This testimony, yesterday, Six ladies were baptized in Thailand. They were taken out of brothels. They were trafficked, two of them from Uganda, the rest from Thailand. And we support our missionaries to be able to take these people out of the dungeon of the enemy. I'm really sorry I'm accelerating here because of time, but... There is so much that our missionaries are doing, and we want to be behind the call of God that is on their lives. So before we go to the questions, I want to take time to pray for financial breakthrough 
for all of us to trust God for provision. I want to take time for us to pray for those who are looking for jobs, who are trusting God for jobs. We want to take time to do that. You can remain seated. I've asked Mbali to lead us in prayer. Tony, let's just spend this time and intercede together as a family for those who may not have jobs, trusting for jobs. Maybe you are here and you're trusting for a job. Just raise your hand as family. We want to pray with you. You're trusting God for a job or your business is going through a rough patch. We want to pray and trust God to come through for you. Morning, church. Um, I'm going to read from Mark 14, uh, verse 3. Now, Jesus was in Bethany in the home of Simon, a man Jesus had healed of leprosy. And a woman came into the house holding an alabaster flask. It was filled with the highest quality of fragrant and expensive oil. She walked right up to Jesus, and with a gesture of extreme devotion, she broke the flask and poured out the precious oil over his head. But some were highly indignant when they saw this, and they complained to one another, saying, what a total waste. It could have been sold for a great sum, and the money could have benefited the poor. So they scolded her harshly. Jesus said to them, leave her alone. Why are you so critical of this woman? She has honored me with this beautiful act of kindness. For you will always have the poor whom you can help whenever you want, but you will not always have me. When she poured the fragrant oil over me, she was preparing my body in advance for my burial. She has done all that she could to honor me. I promise you that as this wonderful gospel spreads all over the world, the story of her lavish devotion to me will be mentioned in memory of her. Oh, Lord Jesus, we thank you for the gift of your generous love, the wasteful prodigal love that you showed on the cross when you gave absolutely everything for us. You gave your greatest treasure, Lord, and we thank you, Jesus, for what that has purchased for us, what that has saved us from, and what ha that has saved us towards. And we thank you, Lord, that we get to live generous lives because of your gift of kindness over us, Jesus. We choose to stand in the gap and we go against the mold. We go against the mold that calls us to fear. Thank you, Jesus, that you and you alone are righteousness and truth in our lives and we would stand and exist in existing and abiding in your love. We thank you for the overflow that comes from your love. And we just pray into this moment, Lord Jesus, in families where financial strain has come in. Holy Spirit, yes, we pray for a covering for your kingdom to come, for an excess of your kindness, an excess of gentleness, Lord God, that generosity will not just be in form of giving, but Lord Jesus, in the form of us loving each other well. We pray, Father God, that you will just teach us to love each other well. And we pray even for the people that are um, waiting for, for jobs, Jesus Christ, or breakthrough in their businesses. Holy Spirit, we declare right now that you will come, Father. We pray for faith to arise and hope to arise, knowing that you and you alone are our provision, Jesus Christ, that we lack nothing. And Father God, that they will not be put to shame. We speak against any lie over their lives that say that there is shame because of this. We speak against it, Lord Jesus. No spirit of depression, no spirit of anxiety will come into any home, Father God, because the fruit of your spirit is joy, is kindness, is goodness. And we thank you, Father, that the overflow of your generosity in our lives will move things even for the unbelievers. Thank you, Father, that we will be a blessing.
Father God, not because we have plenty, but because we trust you, because we know you, we know you, because we've met you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. For those who raise your hands, we want to encourage you as the Lord comes through for you, come and testify because we know that God answers prayer. Amen. Let's trust God that you will get those jobs and you will have no lack. Amen. We have two questions. We're going to answer them quickly and then Greg will come and close the service for us. The first question I think is a good question because some people wrestle with this is, um, can I give 5% to every nation and 5% to the poor, other churches or charity? Um, if we study scripture, your tithe, your 10% goes to the house of the Lord and then your extra, if you have any extra that you can give, you can give to charities, to other churches, but your 10% goes to the house of the Lord. We will be teaching more on tithe next week, but this is to say you cannot now decide how you're going to spend your 10%. Part goes the air, part goes there. Are we clear? Amen. The next question is, how does the church justify only giving 3.5% and 1.5% for social responsibility and missions? That is essentially 95% goes to salaries. Okay. When we do, that's not true. When we do our AGM, we give you a breakdown of all our giving. So like I say, the 25% that we give, most of it goes to church planting, goes to missions, and goes to social responsibility. Over and above that, we have operations costs that we cover. Over and above that, we have uh, other things that we do as a church that I have not even mentioned. But if you want to, on our website, we do put our financials there. You can look at our financials. I want to just say, for clarity, only 55 to 60% goes to salaries. And you can do the math. If it's 60% of our total income goes to salaries, with the number of staff that we have, you can work out my salary. <laughs> Are we together? So basically, we're not about enriching the pastors. We're about saving our nation and our, and our people. Amen. If you want to have a follow-up on that question, I'm available after the service. Thank you. The cards, thank you. Uh, if you want to give to any of the missionaries, just raise your hand. This card is to say you can contact me and then they will make an appointment and explain to you on how you can be able to partner. So it's not a commitment now. It's so that they can contact you and then they will be able to tell you. On the cards, you can also write the name of the person you want to partner with. If you don't know the names, it is okay. We will get the cards to them. Just raise your hand and uh, this ushers will get these cards to you. Amen. Can we give Pastor Simon a hand for that? Thank you so much.